Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, in this episode 321. Thank you for joining us on the live stream. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacy. That is at StacyPen89 on Twitter. Stacy, how are you doing today? It's a rainy Monday, uh, but uh, but I, I got to the gym, got some, uh, some good three-on-three ends, so, you know, been a good day so far. You usually got to pay for that kind of action. <laughs> yeah, two for one is is the is the premium stuff. But yeah. <laughs> um, good to hear that you're uh, getting yourself into the gym. Hopefully, some of the Knicks are continuing to do that. Uh, not just the guys that are playing for Team USA who are playing tonight, by the way. Uh, so, if you are desperate to watch some hoops, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart should be in action tonight against. Uh, I believe they're playing Puerto Rico. At 10 p.m., so uh, check that out if you are desperate for hoops, just like most of us are. Uh, before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. That is at check that out. That is at the Strickland on Instagram. We are posting all kinds of new content on there. Strickland also has a YouTube channel where, uh, if you're currently watching, you are watching that on YouTube. Uh, if you are and you have not done so already, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That would be a huge help to us. The Strickland also has merchandise available on our website. Check that out. That is at thestrick.land. You can find a link to the store on there. You can find all kinds of stuff, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, water bottles, even coffee mugs. You name it, we've got it. Check it out. Again, that is on our website at thestrick.land. Um, and finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, you can subscribe, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. You also get access to the Strickland Mailbag, hosted by Andrew Steele, aka Doug, aka the Doug Bag, alongside Dallas Amico. That comes out every other week. There are further tiers. There is a nine dollar tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits, like listening to pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not. None of this would be possible without you. And none of this would be possible without Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Um, so we do have uh, content for this pod, and I just wanted to talk about it before we start uh, getting into the exercise itself. Uh, but the idea was players on rookie contracts, drafting a team. So me and Stacy will both be picking 15 players apiece to round out a full roster. Uh, again, these are not, this is not 2,525. This is not, it is strictly just players that are still on the rookie contract. So to be clear. And that is include, sorry, good. Yeah. And to be clear, just because Anthony Edwards signed an extension this offseason. He still counts because this upcoming season, he will still be playing on the rookie contract that he initially signed for. Um, so players like Anthony Edwards, Desmond Bain, um, 
there are a few others I'm sure we're all Soon aware of. Soon to be one Emmanuel quickly, hopefully. Per, perhaps Emmanuel quickly, uh, maybe a Jaden McDaniels, Tyrese Maxey, whoever. Uh, all these players are eligible. Uh, and then I did want to ma- mention this one player um, who is worth noting. Austin Reeves uh, was in the 2021 draft class. Technically, he obviously signed to the Lakers as an undrafted free agent. But because of his odd contractual situation, he's already off his rookie contract, and uh, he's already on his second NBA deal. So uh, he did not qualify under the criteria for this, but uh, he certainly would have been selected um, had he qualified, or at least I definitely would have picked him. Uh, I can't speak for Stacy since we have not compared our list. I will say... Um, I thought this was a really, really challenging exercise. Uh, I kind of listed out X amount of players in each draft that I thought, you know, would go into the pool. Um, and one, I pun did intended not... there. Oh. <laughs> no, not no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but but I, I didn't one for one for me. I didn't pick. I picked three rookies, like guys that were just drafted, um, because I'm not very familiar with this class. And I don't, I didn't feel comfortable picking any more than those three guys. I will say off the bat, I suspect that moving forward, there will be more than three players that would have been selected uh, in this exercise. Was I more knowledgeable about this draft class? Um, is but one of the players seven foot five. Yes, one of the players is seven foot five. And and I will say, I also thought it was really challenging because, like, I mean, it's just really hard because there are players like, uh, as an example. Jalen Green is a player I've been really critical of, but like I'm more critical of what he is now while still being somewhat bullish on what his upside is. So he probably like he, he went higher than I even initially expected to pick him just because or at least I guess where I ranked him, we'll see where he gets picked. Um but like I ranked him a lot higher than than I would have initially anticipated just because like when you're doing this it kind of drives home one, I think, how much talent there is, and two, it's just really, really hard, I think, to to rank young players, especially when you like, you know, you're comparing guys in the 2020 class that have three years worth of data versus you know guys from last year's class who just one year, right? It's it's just so hard, um, I think, to to nail this stuff. You've and, seen it in so many fewer contexts, and just to be clear, so. This is players that will be on their rookie contract next season. So, for example, R.J. Barrett was still on his rookie contract. I know most of us would pick him first overall. Um, he he would not be eligible for this, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're in the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four season, you are eligible for or you're on your rookie deal. Right. So if you wanted like if if you see this list on Twitter and you're like, oh my god, neither of these guys had RJ Barrett on their list or didn't draft him or whatever. Um, don't get mad about it because he was not eligible for this. Neither was John Morant, neither was Zion Williamson. Lamello, was, like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Lamelo Lamelo is eligible under this. He's the he twenty twenty say- he's a twenty twenty class. Uh, that's true. Yeah, good point. Um so anyway, um I we did not choose a uh, an order here. So uh I was going to suggest well, I was going to suggest that we could do rock, paper, scissors on air. Let's do it. Okay, but it's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Uh, right. There might be a lag, so uh, let, let's let's go with it and see what happens. This is the ultimate test for podcaster supremacy, by, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and it, this is just, we're just doing, it's it's one and done. No, no best of three, just one and done. All right. All right. 
rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. We both had scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. Oh, god damn. I got crushed. Stacy crushing <laughs> my... supremacy. Crushing my scissors with this rock. Okay. Um, well, I am going to go... Ooh, this is tough. There's really only two guys I would pick here. Um, one was this draft class. One, I think, is the most proven. I'm going with Ant. Uh, Anthony Edwards, um, you know, just I loved what he did in the playoffs. There's so much. He's still he's still scratching the surface, and he's already looks like an all-star, an all-NBA player. I'm taking Anthony Edwards. Um, I had Ant number one also um, just because, like, the the potential of Wembenyama is definitely um, very very appealing, and uh, he would have been look. He, he's he's going to be my pick, but um, just to talk about Ant a little bit, like I think you have to value production uh, to an extent, and not just production, but like impact. And he's just kind of nailed both of those things, which is funny because and there's uh, also the potential, right? He's a freak right. athlete. Like like I said, I still don't think he really. He knows what he's doing out there. That's I don't want to say it. like when people say he doesn't know what he's doing out there yet. It, it can be a little bit, but like he's he still has so much room for growth, and he's already really really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that um, he's just kind of consistently improved, and it's you see him make leaps in season. You know, his rookie year he started off terribly, uh, and people were kind of shitting on him. And by the end of the year, if you look at his last like 40 games, the guy was putting up, you know, like 25 basically a night on pretty solid efficiency. Um, then, you know, next this, the season after, you know, he's a big reason why that team totally outperformed expectations. That Wolves team, right. They go 47 and 35. Uh, I thought he was definitely better than towns throughout that Memphis series that they lost in the opening round. I mean, this year, like, do you think he was better than towns overall, like last year and the year before? Uh, not, Last year, well, not not in twenty one, twenty two, but last season, absolutely. I mean, Towns barely played to begin with, and then I just I just think Ant showed so much in terms of like, look, that season could have gone completely off the rails for Minnesota because the vibes were terrible, obviously, to start the year. Towns gets hurt. They're kind. They've made this Rudy Gobert trade that clearly did not have the impact that was desired, and. I don't want to say it doesn't matter because they have Ant. It, it still definitely matters, and I think it might end up being a reason why um, they Ant never... is a Nick. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Schwinn says Ant will be a Nick in 2026. Um, I wish. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that that's going to be a costly trade. But um, because of how he played and how he just kept kind of found a way to lead them to enough wins, um, they were able to you know get into the playoffs. I thought he played really really well in the playoffs in and of itself against denver they only they lost in five games but um i thought that was a pretty competitive five game series and um ant was a problem he's he's gonna be a nightmare and i i think like you know offense plays both ends by the way that's at a young age that's not um that's something you take for granted uh, i i would i hesitate to say he plays both ends i think Ooh. he can play both ends he can be elite on both I, ends. i'm much higher on his defense than like 
that's I'm something on, like Jalen Green or like you know. I'm very high in his defensive potential. I think he's clearly shown he can. I'm high in his defense now. I guess that's. The I, I think he has flashes. I don't think he's there all the way. If he was there all the way, they'd be a way better defense. They were 13th in defensive rating last year. Um, he plays with Jalen McDaniels. Yeah, Jalen McDaniels is an elite. When, yeah, he's and an elite Rudy, defender. And Rudy, like I, I think. I think he when he's locked in, he's really, really good on defense. And that's on and off ball, by the way. This is not just an on like John Wall. I think showed that he could be an on ball stopper, but I think the off ball stuff is for me with Ant. What like really like the guy has a feel for this game at a young age that I think is on top of all of the gifts. Um, that's part of it for me. Yeah, um, it was it was really, really impressive to see what he did last year so he would have been my number one pick um i think we'll just should we just do a snake draft so i get two in a row here and then you get two in a row and then we'll Ooh. yeah this is this is adding new i don't know if i like the renegotiating after the fact <laughs> i gotta go for it yeah. all right uh i'm gonna go women yama uh this is like the one guy it's funny because i did this whole thing about like i didn't take that many rookies because i don't feel great about their potential and guess what i don't know much about victor women uh, but I'm gonna go with the consensus feeling and and the uh, the bludgeoning I received. So you're Schwinn? Yes, leading up to the draft that Wembenyama is this generational prospect and blah blah. But no, look, like the size is for real. I think I'm really really excited to see him on defense. Um, and I think that's actually not being discussed enough. Is like obviously the three point shooting, big man, all that type of stuff is very, very intriguing. Uh, but the defense is something like we saw this with rookie KP where it was like, yeah, he struggled with elements of, you know, fouling too much and not getting pushed around. Such a high impact. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. But like his impact on defense was there immediately. And I just don't see, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like, obviously that's, I, I know I've never been wrong before. No, I've been wrong fucking every time I speak. Um, but like, I think Wembenyama has the potential to just be a really, really high impact defensive player from day one. Um, and then obviously, when you, once you factor in the other parts of his game, like you know, it, it's it's a guy that there's a reason why every team in the NBA was tanking, or not every team in the NBA was tanking, but the teams that were tanking were doing so with their eye uh, on one Victor Wembenyama. So shout out, shout out Omar. By the way, I'm sure he will love this pick, but um. But um, the other question is, if you were going on defensive potential, do you think his defensive potential is that much more than a guy like Evan Mobley? Yes. Um, and it's not just defensive potential, right? It's the fact that, like, with Victor, I'm, again, could be speaking out of my ass, but from what I've seen, I know the three-point percentage wasn't great, but, like, from what I have seen, that the shooting form and all that stuff, it, it looks very, very nice. Um, I think... One thing I always feel with young players in general, but especially these young big guys that shoot out from the perimeter, is you need to give them time to grow into their bodies, and you should probably just trust the shooting mechanics more than just the raw percentages. So it would like KP was not actually a good three point shooter in Europe. If you go back and look at his numbers in Europe, he wasn't yeah, a particularly great 30, three point shooter. 30s, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, you need to give these guys time to grow into their bodies. He, he wasn't a good three point shooter for a couple of years, really. Yeah. Like on, on volume, like it, it took a, like this Washington season is the first time he's been on high volume. And like, that's the, and like, I think young players, yeah, you said it like you need the reps, right? Like, yeah, you they, need the reps. like if yeah. you look at the great shooters that come into this league, Steph Curry played three years in college. I'm not saying that he couldn't have come in at 18 and been a good shooter, but if that was, he would be the one. Desmond Bain was 23 when he came in, right? 
Um, even guys like Michael, Michael Bridges, it took him a, a year to really get his three-point shooting going. So um, I think, like, yeah, like, there is no substitute for reps, and that's why, like, even guys like Rondo and Kidd became reliable open three-point shooters at the end of their career because that is the biggest factor. Yeah, and I, I just think, especially with big guys, I, I, this is not – Prez maybe has – Prez definitely has a better take on this than I do. Uh, but my feeling has always just been, like, young big guys that when part of their appeal is shooting, I just think they need time to, like, you know, get their lower body strength up, fill out, all that stuff. Um, and then, like, you know, even stuff like – yeah, the trailer three for big guys, right? That's always kind of, like, the the weapon, right? Oh, like, we can – you know, this guy can just trail in transition and he'll be able to walk into threes. Like, that's not an easy shot. Like, especially if your base isn't strong enough yet. And I think that's something we saw with KP all the time. And now, obviously, you see – He's had time to fill into his body and really like put the put the work in in the weight room, and he's reaping the rewards for it. So like anyway, this is that's why I picked Wembenyama. I am trusting a lot of what people who are really into the draft have said. I am trusting the fact that, generally speaking, big dudes who move and can have have a variety of skills generally tend to be high impact players. Um, so I'm going with Wemby uh, with my second pick. I'm very, very torn on this. I'm I'm going to pass on my number three. Okay. I'm gonna pass on my number three guy in this in this extra in my, in my in my rankings. And I'm going to go with my number four because I think he has the potential to actually be better than the number three guy. And I kind of just like the defensive profile he has next to Wembenyama. I like the versatility he gives me. I like that he is can play quickly? the three and the four. Uh, no, 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 it's not quickly. <laughs> it play, is. I think quickly can't play the four. Fuck you yeah. guys. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm going to pick Franz Wagner. Uh, I think Franz Wagner is the most underrated rookie scale guy in the league. Uh, I think what he has done the first two years in Orlando, considering their point guard play is atrocious, uh, has been insane. And uh, one thing, okay, I forget who it was. I, I if, if you want to bug somebody, go bug Prez. He had some fucking draft person on his pod uh, leading up to that draft, and he was talking about how Franz was like in this elite class of plus-minus college gods. Uh, I think he was like the only guy he had in his database above him was, was Evan Mobley. Was Evan Mobley and Mikal Bridges or something like that? And I think Zion, well, Zion was a guy. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. And, and the, the person you might talk about is me. Yeah, ahead. I don't know whoever it was. Um, but like his on off impact has been fucking crazy in the NBA too. And you got to remember, this is a team that has been. He did not walk into a great situation. They did not have a great point guard. They were in transition. You know, shifting from what had been kind of a. Uh, a treadmill to the seventh seed for year on year um, into a full on rebuild. This his first year in the league, plus eight point four on off. This year, plus ten point two on off. They were actually a plus zero point six in his minutes on the floor this year. So do the math. Without him on the floor, they were a minus nine point six. Um, I just think he's really really good. It, it, the Overall abilities flashed as an on-ball creator, scorer, shooter, all that type of stuff uh, has really popped. I mean, he's up to now. He was up 36% last year from three. 
on 6.7 attempts per game from beyond the arc. I just, I, the, the free throw percentage has translated. So he's at 86 first year, 84 last year. So I feel pretty good about the way his shooting is likely to trend. Uh, he's a high two point percentage guy first year, 51.1 this past year, 54.4. Um, and he's, he's actually like generating a lot of his own offense, you know, like he's last year. Do you 40- see primary initiator potential for him? Cause I think that's the thing mm. with you, you. There is another guy who's eligible on that team. Who, yeah. Yeah. And most people would say Paolo is the, is going to be that guy. Do you see that kind of potential from Franz in terms of being a guy who can, yeah, you can run your offense through as the main option? I think he can do it in stretches. I mean, we saw it even when we played them this year, when the Knicks played them this year. I thought there were stretches where he flat out was doing it. Um, and I've seen them in the fourth quarter. Granted, he was guarded by Arj. Yeah, that was not that was not fun for RJ. That was not fun for me either watching it. But um, I, I mean, there are stretches I've seen of Orlando playing this year where, or this past season, where like, in the fourth quarter, they're just going to Franz as the primary guy running pick and rolls with him. And some of that is because the other options are like, you know, Markel Fultz, who teams can just go under on and dare to shoot, or Cole Anthony, who is actually developed, I think, into a pretty nice little player, but obviously he's not, to me, doesn't have the, the, he's not really geared to be that type of guy. Um, but Franz, Franz is. And then, and I just like the overall skill set, man. Like, I, I mean, I said it before the draft, I thought the Warriors should have taken him. Uh, with that, he pick. is. He seems like a warrior. Yeah, right? just like yeah. He, he, he. I just thought they should have taken him when they when they took Kaminga instead. Maybe Kaminga's ceiling is really high, but I didn't even rank him in this just because I think he's so far away from what he could be one day. So you're projecting a lot with him. Um, but like, I just man, the, the kid this past season, right? He he averaged seventeen. Or sorry, eighteen and a half points per game, four point one rebounds, three and a half assists. 48.5 from the field, 36 from three, 84.2 from the free throw line, 54.3 EFG, just under 15, 15.9 PR. Like, uh, he's just really, really good. And again, the Do you impact. Do ever there. be able to play the five? I think in really situational minutes, you might be able to get away with it. Do you and think I mean, that's, that's a way he should go to put on some weight, maybe up to 240, 245. I still like, like him at the three. I, I still view him as more of a three, four. And I kind of, I don't know, like, I kind of. I mean, I kind of just like him as a three. Like, I know that versatility is the big thing, but to me, at the three, he's athletic enough to, like, switch onto the perimeter, onto, like, ones and twos at spots. Um, And he's obviously strong enough to hold up in spots against a lot of fours. But I like him at the three because I just think he gives you so much size there and you're not losing a lot of mobility. Like, and he's not the greatest rebounder so having him at the three is probably better than having him at the four although i do think some of the rebounding stuff with him is weird I, he, to me he strikes me as probably like a box out guy he's a, um, he's a much better rebounder in college right um, and that's why that's why i kind of wonder if it's just like hey wc like wendell carter jr and fucking paolo and all these other gigantic human beings Mamba, they have. Bo, yeah Bo, Bo, yeah not e- even 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 their guards rebound really well right like yeah Fultz is a pretty good subs Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony's a good rebounder. Yeah, yeah, all those guys are good rebounders. So uh, I'm just really, really high in him. I'm sure that some people will think this is a reach, but I, I, I don't know about can he be the number one scoring option. But I think there's absolutely a world where he's the best player in his draft class. Um, and I think I would be very, very surprised if he is not. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a comparison for him. Andre Iguodala, right? Uh-huh. I think 
I think he could be an Iguodala type player. Super high impact, maybe gets miscast in the wrong situation as a potential number one scoring option. I don't think that'll happen because I do like Paolo a lot too. Um, but like, you know, he might be miscast as a number one scoring option. There'll be limitations to a team, I think, that has him in that role. Uh, but the impact with him, I'd be shocked if it's not consistent. I think he's going to be a stud. And um, yeah, he he's a guy that I, I would be surprised if he's not a max extension guy the day that he's eligible for it next summer. Well, being another 90s baby, so this seems like, it feels like a lazy comp to me, but I grew up watching this dude. I, like, can I not say Detlef Schrempf, like Debo German? But yeah, he feels yeah. a lot like Detlef Schrempf, right? Like, just a Swiss Army knife guy. He can knock down the three. Great passer. Um, I think one of Franz's most incredible skills to me is, like, like, if he's six feet away or eight feet away, he can make that a layup. Right, just because of how long his reach is, the touch he has on kind of that it's not a floater, it's not a layup type of thing. Um, that's kind of who I compare him to. I do think I do think he's ideal or like, you know, Gordon Hayward's another one. Um, there's flashes of Siakam, I think, there. Um, although I think he's a little more controlled and all of that. Um I think um but I don't think it go to I I think he's a much better shooter than Iguodala, but um yeah, but yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a um that's a bad comp at all. Um, oh, the, the last thing I'll say is I really wish that it all translated in that UCLA game. Oh, uh, I'm sure you do too. But, yeah. <laughs> but before the two of us uh, just uh, gush on, on, a, on, a, on a, the one Wolverine who's probably going to get picked here, um, let's um, let's move on to the next pick. So I get I get two picks now, right? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I think my next pick, it's a tough one. Um, I want to know if I want to know if you ended up picking the guy that I was. It was toss up between him and Franz. Is he on Franz's team? Mm-mm. I am going with Franz's teammate. Oh wow! Okay, Paolo Banquero. Um, I, I really buy the guy as a big initiator. Uh, I think that's a really high level to reach, by the way. Uh, I think a yeah. lot of people mentioned, like, most people don't, most teams don't win with their um, best player being their center, right? Um, and, or, 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 you know, a power forward even. I'm not, and I'm, I'm not going to be the one to say, well, it just happened this year, but I think this year is kind of when the exception sometimes the exception proves the rule, right? And mm-hmm. so if you look at a team that actually ran their offense through big, how good did he have to be? <laughs> he had to be Jokic as a machine, right? right. Um, the last team, I think, that really ran their offense through their big and won that way was Tim Duncan. But I'm, I'm, I'm really high on Paolo. I still buy the defense. He has not been a good defender in college or the pros, but I don't think there's athletic limitations there. I don't think there's field limitations either. Um, I didn't think his defense was like atrocious last year. I mean, it was bad for a rookie type of stuff, but like, and he's helped I, by their environment. I mean, he's helped yeah. by playing next to guys. Hundred percent, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. But um, but the, I think like his comp throughout college and, and when he was a prospect was he's like Julius Randle, right? He's a big dude who can, loves that mid range post up game. He can step out and hit the three. He's just a tank. He is an automatic double team. But, I mean, you can probably agree with me on this. Like, the feel, especially at this age. I, I would say 
Paolo right now is better at passing out of double teams than Randall is right now after this many years, right? Um, and so I'm going to go with Paolo Bancaro at number four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm feeling good about, you know, I, I like Paolo, um, but I'm I'm not upset about how the board is breaking to me. I will say that. Yeah, there may be someone I'm forgetting, so I'm going to do another. Uh, the guys I have, I wonder if they're the same guys you would have. Um, at four, um, I have not picked a point guard yet. So it comes down for me to Scoot Henderson and LaMelo Ball, which is really tough. Mm. Um, sorry, Tyrese Halliburton fans. Sorry, Manuel Quickly fans. Um, I think that is really the decision here. Um, and I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. If there's a guy who's proven to be able to shoot at the, the ability he has and that kind of passing ability, um, I mean, yeah, I think he has he has all of the abilities of a guy like Trey Young. He's not as good of an interior scorer. That is that is a bit of a red flag. But um, Scoot, I believe in Scoot's shot. I think you know there was that Kevin O'Connor tweet where he was like, "Look at his percentages from." But like, yeah, but like that mid range percentage is not bad at all for for an eighteen year old. I am very high on Scoot, but I'm going to go with Lamelo because I think that there is a lot more there on defense and at the rim. Um, but especially on defense, I think that I buy that guy is eventually being maybe maybe it's because his brother was so good. But like the feel, like all of the things you see with Lonzo in terms of being able to anticipate passes and all of that, um, I think Lamelo needs still more strength gains. I still think um, you know being engaged as often as his brother was is the thing. But in terms of like being able to recognize offenses and all that, I'm gonna go with Lamelo Ball. All right, um, I. I actually had Lamelo. Um, had Lamelo fifth on my board um, on here. My number three guy is still available, and I think people are. I, I can see why people are much lower on him than I have him ranked. After uh, I don't want to say a bad rookie year, but maybe not the take the league by storm rookie here rookie year that uh, maybe many were anticipating, and then uh, a second year cut short by injuries. But given the team I'm building, given the high defensive potential the team already has, and the need for a point guard who also can play very, very good defense, I will be taking Cade Cunningham. Um, I think Cade still has... We just wiped, we just, by the way, um, yeah, dominated the USA FIBA team, what that's worth. Yeah, I mean, I understand the concerns with some of his, you know, he's not the most explosive guy um and he is very he's been very mid-range heavy his three-point shooting hasn't been great yet but kind of like i feel with Wemby, um i'm still i'm okay with that like i think i think Cade is a guy that i would still bet on the long-term shooting stuff coming around on him uh, he's been a really good th- uh, free throw shooter over the last couple years he's at 84.4 percent for his career um, he's also been a pretty good mid-range shooter, which I think does matter. Um, he's he was last year. Okay, let, let's just do his career because last year was such a small sample for him. But he's thirty-eight point one from long two, forty-two point three from ten to sixteen feet. 
Um, you would like if the finishing at the rim would be better. He's at 58.4 at his size. You would like to see that, you know, get up to maybe 61, 62% if possible. Um, and maybe just also just shoot more, get there more. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still pretty high on him. And, and I think it's worth noting that even despite his offensive issues and the fact that the Detroit team has been a fucking disaster for the last two years, uh, first year in the league, is on off plus 2.7 even last year plus 1.1 um he's plus 2.4 for his career he's tangibly improved the team playing you know I, I think operating as a primary ball handler you know when you thrust that on guys come to the league right when they you know right when they walk in the door that's the hardest it's it's the hardest thing to do and it's why i think so many rookie point guards get labeled as busts or flops and then obviously you know you wait like two three years online it's like oh Actually, he's fine. He's he's actually exactly what we were hoping him to be. Um, but again, I like the fact that this guy is a strong rebounder for his position. He gives you value in a lot of ways. Um, you can probably speak to this more than I can. From my understanding, the passing vision and the upside there is tremendous. It's um, not Lamelo level, but it's like the tier below. So. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I'll take that. Well, I'm, and, I'm not even saying that because it's my pick. I'm just saying that like there is like that elite level, and it's like yeah, it's better than like it's much better than it's like. It's better than like Ja. Like he's a better passer than Ja. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Cade, and I like this defensive unit I have going with Wemby, Franz, and Cade. Um, and and um, I have the option now to to really get funky, um, and I'm gonna have to. I I, I have to not hate, do not do baby. Get funky. <laughs> uh, I I I hate to do it because I'm I'm going very weird with my board here um so this is where it gets hard because it's like i'm ranking guys and there are guys that i have a little bit higher because i think they're better now but then i'm trying to weigh ceiling so i will go with i'm i'm just i'm gonna go all right i'm just gonna take I need shooting, right? If I have Wicker Wembanyama, I need to space the floor. If I have Cade Cunningham, I need to space the floor. I need I need space for these guys to operate. I am taking a guy who will end up in his career, so long as he does not get injured. He is a lock to be one of the greatest shooters of all time. Obi Toppin. Yeah, <laughs> Obi Toppin. No, uh, I am going to take oh. Des Desmond Bain. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great pick. I uh, just I need I need the space. I know he can shoot the ball. I think he showed a lot of growth last year as a creator. Um the playoffs were not great, but if I need to space the floor, um I'm gonna take him. I wanna be very clear, this is a bit of a reach for me. He was eleventh on my board, so not a huge reach, but uh still a reach. Uh there are four guys on the list that I have above him that are still available to you. And uh, I will be regretting, perhaps greatly, passing on any of these guys. Yeah, I mean, Desmond Baines, I mean, I think there, I don't know if there's much more creation upside, but I think that's been one of the bigger, like, he can really get to his pull-up, he can run some pick-and-roll. Uh, this is not just a 3-and-D guy, right? It's not even just an elite 3-and-D guy, which I think he is, but, like, he gives you more, which makes this, I think, a little bit of a better pick. And... Um, and yeah, I mean, I think 
there's an argument that he's been their most valuable player, right? I think it's between him, JJJ, and John. I think there's arguments for all three. Yeah, I mean, he was last year 60.6 true shooting on 26 usage. Uh, he shot in a down year for him, by the way. He shot 40.8% from three on uh, 10 and There's only half. one other player, by the way, where I would have said 40.8% is a down year. So Yeah, right. He's like, I just, I think, it's really fun to make fun of Memphis because and only seventy three percent of his threes were assisted. So this is not like a catch and shoot guy. He will get pull ups. So. Yeah, and I think even some of those assisted ones are like he's coming off of a pin down. You know what I mean? It's not just like right, yeah. standing around waiting for the ball. So I just think the shooting dimension he adds, the fact that he's a plus defender, um, he's another guy who has consistently been an on court on off darling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, last year, plus eight point six on off. Like he, he's just a high impact guy, and I think um, the fact that he's increased his usage every year and maintained efficiency at a high level just says a lot. And to your point about the passing, like last year, his usage went up from twenty three the year before to twenty six, and his assist rate jumped from thirteen and a half to twenty point eight. So, like, this is a guy who's shown way, like, he's shown growth as an on ball player. Do I think he's a primary guy? No, and. I'm making a pretty big bet with Cade kind of on this team that Cade can become that guy. Um, but I like the defensive unit I'm building. And I like the fact that again, like if I can lock in one of the greatest shooters of all time, potentially here, I'm just going to take that and I'm going to go with it. And like, there are guys, you know, I'll just give an example. Like I have, these are the four guys I have above Bane on my board are Halliburton, Mobley, Jalen Green, and Scoot. Like any of those guys to me have higher ceilings potentially, but as far as just like, it's hard, it's really hard. This is why I had so much trouble like doing my board because when you're, it's a list of young players, all of them basically. But like, there are guys that have shown more already versus guys that are like, well, he can be better one day. And that's kind of where I was with Jalen Green. But I already have some pretty high risk here with Wemby and uh, Cade. So I'm going to take the short thing with, with Desmond. And uh, I'm, I'm one player away from rounding out my starting lineup here. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's tough to argue with that. There, you know what he's going to give you, and he's going to really space the floor. And there, there are some guys that space the floor for their position, and there's some guys that, even if you have shitty spacing, they just have because of the movement and everything, they're going to de- demand multiple defenders' attention. Uh, and I think those guys. Uh, for me, I, um, I for those who are keeping track at home. Or who aren't keeping track at home? I took Ant, Paolo, and the Mellow Ball. Um, I am higher on Ant clearly than Schwinn is, but no, I had uh, Ant number one. No, sorry, Ant in terms of defense. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. In terms of defense, I'm higher on Ant than Schwinn is. Um, but uh, I would not. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't admit that I need some defense here. Um, so I'm going to go with Evan Mobley. Um, Your and- favorite player. Well, it's a player I got to talk a lot of shit about during the playoffs, but I still look. There is a reason why early in in uh, his rookie year, you know, they played the, the Knicks played the Cavs, and you were throwing out you. I think threw out a t- Tim Duncan. I did, I did, I did. Um, and I don't think one a sophomore year that I think I think he was a victim of his own success as a rookie. Yeah, he year. was think, he was good last year. They just had a shitty playoffs. It is what he it was. Is. He was a defensive player of the year type of candidate right yeah um he got dominated by mitch uh, which i hope continues forever but in the exercise in this draft exercise i'm gonna bet that it won't 
Uh, I think the guy will fill out. I think he's a guy who can play the four and the five. I think he can give you a lot of what Bam gives you on defense. But, you know, once he fills out just a much bigger and, like, Bam on steroids on defense, which, considering Bam is probably one of the three or four best defenders in the NBA, is, is saying a lot. Um, I buy the shot, actually, long-term. I like his form. If not the three-point shot, I think the mid-range game will get down. Um, I've seen his post-up moves. The guy has good mechanics and footwork. Uh, I think he just needs time. And I need a defend- I need a rim protector because I'm playing LaMelo and Paolo, and I can't, I can't trust Paolo. So I need him next to a – would I like him? And, and I think for the weaknesses that Mobley has on defense, I think Paolo is a reasonably good fit. Uh, in the sense that Paolo is a good rebounder. Um, so I think if I wanted to play Mobley at the five, that is a good option. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with that Mobley. Um, nice. Yeah, I think that he's a really good pick here. If I didn't, if I, if you had taken Wembenyama, I would have gone Ant, and let's say the rest of the board fell the way it would have. I probably would have, I mean, I would have picked Mobley over, over Bain. Um, because I, I still think the defensive potential is, is huge with him. Um, I, I also like, I was just kind of fucking around with numbers last week and he actually like, they won their minutes this past season when he was the center and Allen was off the floor, which is a big progression for him. So like, I think some of the stuff like, yeah, I mean, look, they, they ran up against, we talked about it in during the season, you know, we were talking about the entire season. We're like, we're a really bad matchup for Cleveland. We're a really bad matchup for Cleveland. And lo and behold, we were a really fucking bad matchup for them. And I think he kind of became a scapegoat, especially because, like, yeah, like, we're going to talk our shit, too, right? Because we had to hear the entire fucking year about, like, oh, they've got four All-Stars, they got Donovan Mitchell, and all this shit, so you're going to shit talk. But, um, you know, we can't let that cloud <laughs> from, like, what he is as a player, and he's a tremendous talent. Uh, the offense is really, like, I think it's a lot further away than I would have hoped at this point in his career, but, um, like, you have Ant, you have Paolo, you have LaMelo, He's like in a he'd be in a spot here where there's way less it's it's not as much of like a problem that he's not a super developed offensive player yet, right? And um yeah, the defensive stuff like he can anchor you need guys who can really cover up for, for LaMelo and, and Paulo to a lesser degree, but still like a necessary one. And uh yeah, I think Mobley is look, he's still got that again, the defensive potential is not it's not just potential, right? Like he's actually a very, very good defensive player. And even in that series against the Knicks, like, I know Randall was hurt. I know he wasn't, you know, whatever. But, like, their defense was really good. Like, Cleveland's issue was not defense. They did not lose that series because of defense. They lost because they couldn't score. So it's not just potential with him. It's actuality. He's actually still impacting games at a high level defensively. Um, and, you know, the scoring and the shooting, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm way more down on that than I was before last season. But I still think, like, you see some of the passing, like, reads that he can make and all that type of stuff. Uh, there's there's still a lot of talent there. Like, there's, you know, I, I had him ranked again on my board for this. I had him seventh, you know. So, technically, you're getting great value here, Stacey. Technically. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. Um, but what I need really now is a 3 and D wing. And... Um, I need someone who's a really impact defender, and if they can't shoot, I would. I gotta lean defense again for the reasons you mentioned, but I gotta lean with a guy who I can at least buy the shot. You no, know, being a good free throw or decent free throw shooter, 
shot 40% from three on limited range or limited volume last year. Uh, I would imagine some people will call this a reach. He probably fits more of the role player vibe than yeah, I'm not taking Scoot, which could be a generational mistake. I think that guy's a great player. I'm going to go with Jaden McDaniels. Um, mm. I think in terms of fit, um, I, I uh, first of all, like this is a guy who was built out of college as more of a shot creator type. I think that's been building a little bit slowly. And I think so, kind of what you're mentioning with Biggs. That, it's it's also like out of necessity. Like he hasn't had the usage available to him. Like they've had Cat, they have Ant. You know, like even well, even, even at Washington, yeah. he, right. he 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 struggled to create his own shot. Even though that's like it's it's it, like whenever a big guy can fucking cross over and shit. We <laughs> did this with KP, right? It's like oh my god, he's Kevin Durant. Um, I do think there's more there though than that's what's happened. Maybe he ends up being Harrison Barnes with better defense. Um, I just think that fits my team really well and. Um, when I say better defense, I'm really high on the defensive potential. I think there's a tweet that came out today that he's 6'11". Um, so he's grown. Um, and I'm comfortable about getting some of the other guys that I, I really think for depth reasons um, I would want on this team. Uh, especially it's not that I have Labello and, and I have some, some really good – and Paolo, I have some good passers. That kind of, for me, makes me feel like I don't need to add – um, like the impact of a guy like Scoot or, or Tyrese Halliburton, um, you know, would be less than a guy like McDaniel's, who's so impactful on defense and can, and not just impactful in the sense that he can lock you up, but he is one of these team defenders that can just plug a lot of holes. So I'm going to go with Jalen McDaniel's. Um, yeah, you can ask your mother about flagging. Uh, all right. So I actually, I don't I hate that pick. It's a little bit of a reach to me, but like, I, with what your team is, I think leaving some of these dudes I have ranked above him makes sense. Um, hopefully, McDaniel's and Ant can figure out how to play off of each other. I know that'll be a big challenge for them. Have they ever played together? No, I don't know. Um, but it feels like they would work. Um, no, I really like McDaniel's. I had him 17th. I think you could argue, like, I kind of felt like he could have been anywhere up to 12, 13. Um, but just the way I had it ranked out, I had put him at 17. So, yeah, I mean, I really like him. I think that he is. You know, he he's a guy that's just going to be awesome. And um, all right, I'm going to uh, do some things here with my next two picks. Uh, we are all in on shooting. We're going to go all in on shooting here. And because of that, ah, fuck, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can do two picks in a row. I'll do one. Okay, I'm taking Scoot here. I just, I'm just gonna do it. Like I just taking the shot on Scoot. Um, he is tenth on my board. He is ten here. There are actually two guys available above that I have ranked above him. Um, so I'm, I'm just gonna take the di- the dice roll here on him. I think that if his shooting comes around, and I do think it will in time, him and Cade can be awesome together. And like obviously, like they could play without one another. I think it gives me enough ball handling. Um, but I still need more shooting. I still need a little bit more size on the wing, I think, here I could use. So I am going to go with... I, they're going to be good players regardless. I'm taking... Ah, there's so much. All right. I will go with uh, Jalen Williams here. Um. I thought he had an awesome rookie year. I was really, really high on him coming out of the draft. Um, 
30, he, he shot 52% from the field. He was 35 and a half from three, 56.7 EFG, 81 from the line. Uh, athletic wing, I think the rebounding is fine defensively. I like the passing and creation upside with him. And again, I just like the fact that he's his wingspan. He's what, like a seven one seven two wingspan. Um, he gives me another guy with Franz that can kind of fill in on the wing alongside Cade and Scoot and these guys. So um, I'm going to go Jalen Williams. There are two guys that, again, I have above him that are still on the board who I feel like I might regret passing on in a few years. But uh, maybe they get back to me. Uh, but I like that. Look, I just think I needed a little bit more. Cre- I think I have my creation bets now in house. I have them locked in with Cade and even Franz. I have enough Bane we know can at least be a secondary guy. Uh, and then Scoot and Williams give me some upside plays. So from here on out, I'll be doing a lot more plug and play stuff. But um, those are my two picks here. Cool. Well, there's. Um, yeah, no, I think that those are good picks. I think Scoot probably is going to. We redid this exercise in a couple of years, probably go a lot higher than second. Yeah, it's it's just so hard when you haven't like even if you believe in the talent, there are guys that like we've seen play in the NBA. You know what I mean? And, and just I, I just think being able to shoot from three, like I think that's an underrated thing. It's like it's still really hard for yeah for scouts. Like let's just admit it. Like Kate Cunningham has not shot the ball well from three, but he was a forty percent three point shooter as automatic in college. He was great in high school. Right. Um. It's just. It's really hard. It's why so much, pe- so many people spend so much time, you know. And like, I'm not saying that there aren't people who are much better at it than the average person, but it's it's not a it's not a solved problem to the extent that you would believe it was, you know, given how much data and given how much you know, time has been put into this. Uh, I am going to go with a, a double London's theory special. Okay, can I guess them? Yes, and one of them is one of your favorite players in the entire world okay well then it, it's definitely not somebody i love uh well one is definitely shaving sharp right oh oh wow wow so when i say london s theory think of his first name <laughs> oh <funny>. maxi <laughs> or halliburton is a halliburton you're going with it's yes the answer <laughs> is yes I, taking, I yeah okay um the one guy who i think that i i probably could have gone with instead um, is Jalen Green? Um, I would imagine you probably would have taken him over Maxi at least, be Halliburton too. Um, yeah. I um, look, we love to hate on Halliburton. I think that people who put him on the same level as Jalen Brunson are kind of nuts. The the pull up shooting is is nuts. Like he's shooting at a high volume from way deep. I think that's not something expected, and he can get to the rim. I think he needs more of an in between game. But I also will say this, the weakest part of his game is defense, and it is crippling. Um, but, um, and even the off-ball stuff, I think a lot of it is cheating. But this is a guy, look, I'm high-end Devin Vassell's defense still, even though it hasn't shown up, because of what he showed off-ball in terms of that, you know, feel for the game. I think that still exists for the Halliburton. He just hasn't been in environments that have prioritized that and locked that. I could see, I definitely see that coming at some point. Especially if he's really as committed as to winning as, as he says he is, and you know, for all of, you know, he can be a corny dude, but like I do think he's committed to winning, and I I believe in that. And then Maxi, you're talking about speed to get to the rim and really good three point shooting. 
I think I'm still probably a little higher on the defense than you are, um, but I think I probably have to take a bit of an L on that relative to my pre-draft kind of um, view because I have to acknowledge that some of the size limitations and the fact that he's not super long are probably always going to limit him there, but I don't think he'll like... He has a shorter wingspan than quickly, right? Yeah, I mean, quickly has been a much better... Like, I, think, yeah. I think in college you would have said they were pretty close. Maxim is maybe a little bit better of an on-ball defender. But quickly has been more effective, and I think part of that is like Max. I think is six 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 seven wingspan, which is not bad for his height. But um, you know, and he's got the strength to hold up. He's not going to get bullied, but it's going to be take some more time. I don't think he's going to be a super impactful off ball player. Do I think he can get to the point where he's not a liability? I don't think he quite is right now, but he's also not a good defender. I think he can get to just like. Neutral. I think that speed and, and shooting combo is pretty effective. And, and he's like a really smart off-ball player. Like, this is not a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be effective. The, the ball in his hands to be effective. So, by the way, my guards, I got, I got LaMelo and Ant. I'm coming in with Tyrese and Tyrese, who can play with both of them. Um, I like that. Um, I probably do need to add more defense, but I just took, I just went defense, for, defense first in my last two picks. And if I'm honest, Besides, like, quickly, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of guys that were worth the pick that um, that would have added a whole lot of defense. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I would say that there's actually a decent amount of de- defense on the board still. I think, like, maybe not at the guard position, but I think there are guys that you can get to to work around that. Um, so you took Halliburton and took Maxi. Um, I still feel like I need more shooting, right? It's the, it's the premium skill. I want more wings. I want more shooting. Um, so I'm going to go back to back here. I am leaving Jalen Green, who is higher than both of these players, on the board for you if you want him. Um, because while I do think he has a higher upside, certainly as a creator, uh, I don't know that he it really matters. Because as this my roster is currently constituted, I feel like I have guys that I would prefer to have the ball uh, than him, and I'm going to be more focused on getting those guys the ball and running offense through them. So I want guys who I think are elite play finishers, will be good shooters, elite shooters, whatever. Maybe even one of them already is. So uh, with my first pick here, I'm going to go with Benedict Matherin. Um, I think I really, me and Press talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago, but like I kind of think it's weird that he's not like. I almost think he should be getting more hype. Uh, he had a really good season for a rookie. Like he was sixteen, just under uh, seventeen points per game last year. Six man of the year candidate. Like, yeah, he, he definitely was at least. You know, he at least got the consideration. He deserved it anyway. Sixty point seven points per game last year. Four point one rebounds. The assists not great with him. One and a half. You would like to see that come up. Um, he was not the most efficient in terms of his scoring from the field. Just 48.8 from, from two, 32.3 from three. But what he does do, uh, very, very well is he gets to the free throw line. 47.7 free throw rate. Uh, he, he is always there and he's a great free throw shooter, 83%. Uh, his true shooting last year, 56.6 for the year. I mean, that was really for a rookie guy. Um, that's really, really impactful. I like the way he can play in transition. I think he is a dynamite athlete. I like the way he can play off of a guy like Cade and, and Bain and all these Wembenyama and all, all these other dudes. So I'm going to go with Benedict Matherin here um, with my first pick. And then with my second pick, look, like I said, you can't get enough proven shooting. 
especially tall guys that can shoot. So I'm going to go again with a little bit of a reach, reaching a little bit here. Uh, I am going to pick Keegan Murray um, with this pick here. Uh, Keegan is, I don't, again, I, I, I think Bain is going to be one of the great shooters in NBA history if he stays healthy. I think Keegan has a shot. Keegan is wow. Keegan is a phenomenal shooter. Um, at forty one point one from three last season, he did that on ten point one attempts per hundred possession. I think he's more than just a shooter, though. He can put the ball on the deck. He's not a stiff. Um, the defensive rebounding, you'd like it to be higher. Uh, and I think in general, my team, I'm gonna have to hope some of these guys get better on the glass. Hopefully, having guys like Cade and Bain who contribute in that area, maybe Scoot will too. Um, but I, I think it's worth noting that we're picking young guys, so yeah. that's that's an area that should improve, right? Right. So yeah, I, I just I want the surefire shooting, and I feel like out of the group that I had anyway of these thirty thirty guys or whatever, um, I feel like I got two that I feel really really good about um, in terms of. What they can, sh- what they're going to shoot today, and what they're going to shoot long term, uh, and I have a super tall wing in Keegan, who I think opens up options. Which you know, look, given my roster, I think I have a lot of guys that open up options, but he should profile well next to anybody, really. I mean, he's just a fantastic lights out shooter, and I am, I'm very high on it. Yeah, I think that's very reasonable. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I actually didn't realize that. Three point numbers are that high. That yeah. is um, that is a really good for a rookie, especially. Um, and at the four, it's it's you were saying. I was going to ask you, right? Do you think you'd be the one of the greatest shooters ever, controlling for position or just period? Um, uh, I mean, definitely controlling for position a bit, right? Because it's always hard to compare like what is Keegan versus a guy like Dame, right? Dame probably, I, I think Dame is like a thirty seven, thirty eight guy for his career, but it's like you know, look at the fucking shots he's taking. And he's creating, yeah. and it's just like it's always hard to judge that. But I guess maybe like in but the forty-one on that volume, yeah, and in in right. in that in that family tree of like tall wing shooter guys, I mean, he can he he'll be up there, right? Like a guy like Rashard Lewis, um, he wasn't as good as Keegan is in terms of putting the ball on the deck, I don't think. And in terms of just a pure shooter, like the numbers we saw from Keegan, they they would shit on what a guy like Richard Lewis in his career. Richard Lewis is a really good player. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think Keegan's awesome. And, you know, again, Matherin gives me a little bit more. I'm trying to, like, mix and match upside and maybe not as much upside, but definite surefire value today. And honestly, even with Matherin, like, I think that what he can do today is he's going to get better. Like, his defense was kind of a disaster last year, and you would just expect over time, like, their whole team's defenses. Yeah, right, exactly. And just like Miles Turner holding yeah, up the yeah. uh, and, John and, Snow gift. Yeah, and, and just like if you look when you just look Jeff. at Matherin, when you when you just look at Matherin, like he I know he's not been an, a great defender even in college either, but like you just have to think like with those physical tools, like, you know, he's strong as hell. He's fast, he's quick twitch, he's fast, like that you can turn this guy into a at least solid defender, if not like you know, maybe he's not going to ever be a huge baseline moving defender, but at least a solid team defender. He definitely should have that capability. Doesn't seem like the guy that can get picked on, right? So yeah. Um. So you took Matherin. Who's the pick before that? Sorry. Uh, Keegan. Keegan. That's right. Um. 
So, yeah, I think those are pretty solid picks. Um, I am going to take the guy who both of us have been flirting with a little bit, but not uh, not putting a down payment yeah. on. We've been lo- we've been looking at him across the dance floor. Um, you know, we but now I'm <laughs> going to finally pull my Shar Khan out and, and try to dunk on on Kajal and take Jalen Green. You're gonna um, buy. You're gonna buy. You're buying him a drink. <laughs> um, I'm a buy you a drink. <laughs> Uh, Jalen Green, I think he's he can be very polarizing. It's it's a shitty situation. Let's just it's the Houston is a, is garbage. We'll see how they look this year. Taking guy like Van Fleet will help them. Um, but I mean, if you look at the shot creation abilities, the athleticism, and um, and the shooting ability at that young again, like shooting at a young age like that, like you know, it, it is not. Um, it's he shot thirty four percent for three, but. I mean, he was taking a ton of really hard shots. Like, well, he took more pull-ups out of three-pointers than, than Manuel quickly. Um, I think maybe even than Brunson. So this is a guy who was taking a lot of pull-ups, still finished with 34% from three. That's pretty respectable. Good free-throw shooter. Um, you know, he's got the athleticism to finish at the rim. He, he only finished 59% last year, 68% as a rookie. But he's got those moves. Um, there's real shot creation ability. I'm actually higher on the passing than a lot of people are. Um, I thought, I thought he like, considering they were a fucking disaster last year, I actually thought like, right, right. And adjusting for that, like it's, I'm, I'm actually like, I think there's a chance he might be the most underrated guy that we have on here because that situation sucked so much. He's a guy like, you know, those scorer guys, like they can always, when you put him in a losing team like that and a team that just had shitty culture and no accountability and all that stuff, it, it's like the Booker thing, right? Early in his career where it's like, oh, he's just scoring. He doesn't care about winning. He's empty stats guy, whatever. Um, I think... I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, like it's yeah, in the same vein, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be Booker. I'm just saying like it was a lot of the same criticisms levied at Booker or got levied at, at Jalen Green. And I'm more than anything, I'm just excited. Like I don't think the Rockets are going to be good, but they're not going to be a joke. Like they're gonna actually run professional schemes on both ends of the ball, and we'll have a much better idea of like, is he just a guy that can score, or is he a guy that can impact the game, and and is he capable? I mean, the defensive stuff within is really the big concern, and I think that's a fair concern, even, even then, just because I the size worries me a little bit. Like he does not, he's a pure two to me. He's not like a two three guy, right? Like Edwards, even though he's only six four, he's obviously built like. You know. It's like D Wade, where like everyone's he was six four, but everyone's right. like, well, was he really? There was a co- debate: is he really a guard? Well, I, he was a guard, but like that was but, a that was but, a bigger dude than six four. But would you rather have James Harden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when I go to the park, I don't try to dunk like Dwayne Wade. I've never I've never had the urge to just fucking yam on a dude like Kevin Garnett. You know, that's why I never do it. Of course. Yeah. I could do it in, a, in an instant. <laughs> I'm just always trying to drop fouls. Get to the <laughs> yeah. get to the line. Um, yeah, not lately. Lately, I've been playing after I lift, so I can't shoot anyway. So I play like Josh Hart. I just try to go to the glass, <laughs> not do anything else. Um, okay, I, I think that those are both. Um, uh, so it's Jalen Green, I got, but yeah, like I, I, I think even, but to your point, like even if the defense doesn't come around, the scoring is there, man. Yeah. And like, if he ends up being Bradley Beal. Like I know you don't like Bradley Beal, but like seventh in this draft, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I mean, and I don't course, think that's yeah. that's not an outlier outcome by any means. No. That's like maybe a seventy fifth percentile. I mean, outcome, he's but... way ahead of where Beal was at the same point in their careers. 
yeah. Um, so I, I like I like him there. Uh, there's a few guys I could go. I have drafted a lot of offense first guys that aren't great defenders right now. So I love Alperin Shangun, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Um, I think that, um, you know, there's a couple of other... I, I, could I go with a guy like Amen Thompson, who has great... Who I, I need more wings now. I think Green, to your point, is is just kind of a two, really. So yeah, I'm a, yeah. A wing in that sense. That's that's the one reason why, like, I think it's... I Like, my in my in my heart of hearts when I'm like judging him, I'm like, God, I wish you were like a little bit bigger because then I can project you out in different ways. But I, yeah, but I feel like he's just a pure two. Right. And it's just, it's harder with those guys, not impossible or anything. And I'm obviously to your point, like, look, if you can score 21 points a game at his age and like at an, at a not unreasonable efficiency on a team that is absolutely, yeah, yeah, that is just not even just that it's dog shit, but it has like no, identity or cohesiveness to it um you're probably you're you're probably okay like he, he's definitely more than fine i think Jalen reads gonna be a good player yeah um so amen thompson would be my other choice here i just think even like i'll say this i think benson is a great player oh you're taking amen no i'm not okay. um i'm saying why i would wait is the shot really is a big question mark and mm-hmm. like it's so tough like, if you cannot project even league average shooting, which I don't think you can with him, as awesome as he is, like, he is going to be, like, a great creator in transition. In the half court, he's always going to have a little bit of a ceiling. So I'm going to go with the guy that I want the Knicks to take. Um, he was not the only guy I wanted the Knicks to take. The other one is not on. <laughs> is not going to be considered. But I'm going to go with Devin Vassell. Um, nice. You know, I think he's a... I, like my team needs a my de- team needs defensive wings. He has not been a defensive wing in his professional career. I am still holding a little bit on to the fact of just it's not just that he was a good defender in college. He was a preternatural defender in college. Uh, really was two steps ahead of the offense at all times. And it's fair, I think, to assume like he played for obviously a coach who isn't going to give anyone any passes. But the reality is there there's you know they had a lot of. You know, not very talented players, and their priorities weren't winning basketball. I still really buy Devin Vassell's defense. Uh, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, the first few years of his career, he's putting up numbers on offense. Like everyone said, he was a generational prospect on defense. Most people forget it took him a few years to really start to to understand and, and reach his potential on defense. So I still buy that with Vassell. Uh, he brings shooting. He brings shot creation from the wing position, which. Um, you know, Paolo gives me that, but off the bench, I can kind of still run the same kind of offense through Vassell a little bit. Gives you some positional versatility. You can guard, I think, one through four. Um, so I, I, I'm comfortable playing him two, three, four. Um, I'm going to go with Vassell. But I do think there's some some good candidates as well. There is another really great off-ball defensive player who I left off, but I do Oh, yeah, he's so. the next pick. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I will be taking Emmanuel quickly here. Um, I had quickly as... Let me just see this. Item 16th uh, of on my list that I had here. Um, he was just after Maxi and just before Jaden McDaniels. Um, honestly, I would have had him higher if the playoff performance was better. But I think it's fair to 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 be critical of it. And like I, I do think, you know, some of that stuff offensively is a small sample size 
you know, freak occurrence, but I can't prove that, right? Like I, that's just what I think. Um, it hasn't been like he, he did not have a good playoffs, at least offensively. I thought defensively he was really good. Like he's been throughout <laughs> the last couple of years. So, beyond off reflect of that as well. Right. So like, I'm, I'm still, and I, I think, um, Scoot is really, really good. I think he would be a good guy to have off of Scoot. And I like how he, I think he just profiles well next to guys like Cade and Scoot and even somebody like Bane. I mean, I would love to see Quick and Bane play together. I think they'd be awesome. So, um, I, I like the shooting upside here also. Like, I know that he's, he's so, so streaky. Um, but I think it's easy to forget. And I, I do think people have forgotten just how good he was from like December through the end of the season. I mean, this was not like, this wasn't like the year before, right? Where he really struggled. And then the last 30 games or so, he just took it to another level. This a was a significant chunk of that was after the Knicks had kind of mailed it. Yeah, Not and, and, like a few games. But. Yeah, and I, I just think like this this year was so different, right? They were in the mix the entire way. He was a super critical component to... He dropped 38 in Boston Garden yeah. with Brunson out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that is not a fluke. And that was a, right? Yeah, and that was a game Boston was desperate to win. They had just dropped a horrible game to, to Brooklyn. And Randall Friday. played, and yeah. quickly was... Randall played, Jason Tatum played. Unquestionably, the best player on the floor that night was Amino you know, quickly. That's yeah. not nothing. Yeah, and, and I just think like... It's easy to forget because of how bad the playoffs were, at least you know, optically. But um, when you just look like again, just go back and look at his numbers from when they made that rotation change, December third onward. Like the guy was consistent. Like he was like a forty percent three point shooter. You know, he he put up what I think he ended up like fifty seven true shooting for the year. Like this is a massive, massive leap he made. I think I forget what he shot from two, something like fifty two percent. But these are significant leaps he's made. He's only twenty four years old. Um, he's a plus defender. He grades out well by like every single nerd metric that exists. And I still think his upside as a creator is probably not given the credence it deserves because the one, you know, the national opportunity, I guess you could say he had was in the, in the playoffs really. And, and he just did not perform to the level that we saw in the regular season. So that's something obviously he needs to get over. And like, that's the main hesitation, I think with anything related to him. But like, I mean, I know for 82 games a year, this guy's going to help me win fucking ball games, and I know he's going to play well. He, he he I don't have to worry about who I play him with. He can basically play with anybody, and he's going to be good in that lineup. So I'm very very happy that he fell to me, and um, I am going to uh, now. I th- this is a, a weirder part of the board because I think you're getting into a lot of like. There's guys that are proven stuff, but how good are they? And then you have a lot of young dudes who just haven't played a shit ton. Um, but I am going to, um, I'm going to reach a little bit. I'm going to value uh, size, perhaps um, to an extent that over overvalues physical tools over um, maybe just the raw impact and and skill sets, but. I still think he's he fits the bill. He gives me even more shooting, gives me a little bit more size in the wing. Uh, and I am talking about um Trey Murphy. Um, I buy the shooting. There's no reason for me not to. He was 48.4 from the field, 40.6 from three, 90.5 from the free throw line last year, 61 EFG. Um, again, another guy. 
like to see the defensive rebounding be better, but I also think they're an, it's a weird team where they have a bunch of guys that can rebound. So I don't know how much of that is he's a bad rebounder versus there just aren't a lot of rebounds available. Um, but I love the way he fits next to basically everybody on my roster. Um, the impact stuff with him hasn't been great. I do think his defense has not been what you'd want it to be given kind of what his rep was coming out of college. But, um, you know, kind of like you went with Vassell, I'm going to do the same thing here with Murphy. He's way more of a pure play finisher than I think people talk about. Um, cause I've heard, you know, Pelicans people and even some national people talk about he can be a 20, 25 point per game guy or something and they need to give him more usage and blah, 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 blah. But like, he's just not shown a lot in the way of creation in terms of, you know, especially specifically creating for, for others. Um, weird stat that I heard this week. I forgot where the hell I even heard it. Uh, but I think he ran only like 30 pick and roll ball handler possessions here, but in those possessions, he was like the most efficient player in the NBA. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with Trey Murphy here. Um, and I like how much shooting I now have and how much size I now have on the wing. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. And, um, I think that there's definitely going to be some funkiness. They, they also, the way they run their lineups, mm. I, I would, um, the, the guy is, and he's had two good shooting seasons, by the way, right? He shot 30% yeah. from three as a rookie. Um, he's, you know, the volume is there, right? This isn't a guy, this isn't Jeremy Grant. Yeah. And even um, in college, he was a great shooter, too. Yeah. So there's, and he's 6'9. Yeah. That's a, like, if he's Otto Porter, <laughs> that's a good outcome for this pick. If he's a whole lot more than you know, but I think that's a that's a pretty good pick. Um, for me, this is a little bit difficult now. Um, I think there's a few guys I'm looking at. Um, I think that um, I think I'm going to go though with a ceiling pick. Um, you know, I could probably use a little bit more girth. At the big positions, um, but um, I'm gonna go with Chet Holmgren. Um, I am still really high on nice. him. It's good pick. He, he hasn't gotten to play much, but um, the, the, here's the thing, right? We were talking about before, it, like if you don't have to worry about injuries, and maybe that that is like kind of being too simplistic. I think I think when people talk about these skinny prospects, not just him, Wemby, it applies to as well. It's one thing to say, well, look, like there could be a post-up guy who's going to dominate him, right? There's two scenarios in which this happens. One, it's Jokic, who dominates everyone. Two, it's like a bench big. Like, like yeah, like Chet got like bodied a couple times by Kenneth Lofton. Guess what? Kenneth Lofton isn't playing major minutes for anyone. Like, it's just not... I do, I do like Kenneth Lofton, though. He's a fun player. He's a fun player, but yeah. I'm saying is that, like, you're not going to evaluate your entire... Like, like it's the same thing with guards, by the way, right? Like, people will say, was quickly good in the playoffs? Like, Kyle Lowry took him to the hole twice and, like, bodied him. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, look at his impact. Because the thing is, we focus on what happens with, with when the ball is in someone's hand. But I do think, and I'm not saying that one is necessarily more important than the other, but I am saying that, like, the way we view on-ball defense versus what people do off-ball and what isn't necessarily as, um, you know, doesn't come pop to your eye as easily is more important. And, and the things that Chet is going to be able to deter on defense, I think still makes him to me a KP level defensive prospect. And I'm talking about KP before he got hurt. And, and what he started to come back to in, in Washington, 
I love the jump shot. I think he actually has a little bit more wiggle. Um, I know that surprises like least favorite word. I think he has a little bit more ability to get himself free. Um, you know, not just and it's it's more than just like ISO. It's also like if somebody does close out, but it's a decent closeout, but you can get them off balance. It's those kind of things. And with that release, um, I really like Chet Holmgren here. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in Oklahoma City. Uh, and then with my other pick, um, this is starting to get hard. I I will say I still really like Alperin Shangun, but he's not going to be my pick um, just because I just took a big. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Amen Thompson here. Um, I really, uh, I, I, yeah, I just told you why that yeah. there's a little bit of a ceiling on that kind of player. But the athleticism six, is crazy with him. At six, he is, people have called him, uh, oops, sorry, when I say people, you're going to immediately disregard this, and I wouldn't blame you, but Kevin O'Connor called him 6'7", John Moran. I don't think that's outlandish. He has that level of speed. He is actually a better vertical athlete, in my opinion. He's 6'7", super long. At the minimum, he should be something like Ben Simmons. Can you get anything out of that jumper? I'd take that risk, especially on this team, because I have a lot of creators. Right? I have LaMelo Ball, I have Paolo, I have Ant. Uh, I have Maxi, I have Halliburton. I don't necessarily. I, I will need him to be a little bit better off ball, but if he can get those jump points in the half court and get those guys that I just mentioned in transition, I like that a lot. And and help my wing defense, which I do think, besides Jaden uh, Jaden McDaniel's, I'm a little bit lacking in here. So Jaden McDaniel's on the potential of Devin Vassell. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't hate that pick at all. I think. Amen is one of the only. He's the third guy from this draft class that I even ranked in my. So you didn't have uh, Brandon Miller. I did not have Brandon Miller. Um, I didn't really like. I I get the vision with him, and I actually think, I think he'll be fine. Like I think he's gonna be a really good pro. Um, I just feel bad for him that he went over Scoot because I feel like they're always gonna get compared, and I just think Scoot's a different level. Um, but I didn't. I didn't love. Brandon Miller, like in terms of what I had seen from him and then what kind of his statistical profile was going out of college. Um, but I think he'll be a good pro. I just didn't have him ranked here. And I just think like from what I can gather, the sell on Miller is like, oh, he's like a tall wing shooter guy. And uh, yeah, he can handle the ball a little bit and whatever. But like, I think the main appeal is tall guy that can shoot the ball well. But he didn't actually shoot that well from NBA 3. I think he shot really well from College 3. And maybe that's something that, again, we talked about the young guys. They need time. Maybe that'll that'll wrap out, and that's fine. But I don't know if he has an outlier skill. And maybe Amen doesn't have an outlier skill. But I know that Amen is like an outlier athlete, even at the NBA level. And at his size... He, I don't know if he's an outlier playmaker, but he's a really good passer. Like, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I, I think like even if he's not some preternatural you know, reader of the floor, the fact that he is so athletic gives him an edge in terms of like the opportunities he can create just through the, you know, the, the openings he can generate with his athleticism. So to me, like I, I that's why I had him in, in my top 30 or I, I ranked 34 guys. Um, he was 26. And like, again, like I mentioned at the start, like he, he, he could easily be like a top, you know, fucking 10 guy at the, after the season or something or within two seasons. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a really solid pick. Um, okay. I still need a, I still, uh, you know, I, look, I, I'm, I want shooting. 
I like defense. I like guys who space the floor. I also am a fan. I don't know if you know this, but I am a fan uh, of the New York Knicks, unlike Big L. Ah. And unlike Big L. And um, I am going to take Quentin Grimes here. Um, I was really, he's a guy I struggled to rank, by the way. I'll say that. It's, I, I tell you, this was, again, this was like the hardest exercise I've done in a long time just because of how tough it was. By the it way, was both, harder than like the top 25 ranking. Yeah, I think so, because with young players, it's like, the odds are we're going to look back at our teams in like a year, and we'll be like, wow, we're fucking idiots. Can't believe we didn't, we left this guy off the board. Can't believe this guy went last in our in our draft or whatever. Bones um, Island. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I just think, you know, the shooting is for real. As far as I'm concerned, the defense is more than for real. I, I think he has all the makings of a varsity athlete and a uh, elite on ball defender. And I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I still think people are dis- I, do. I think he can be like some high usage creator. No, but the stuff that he, that po- like his passing vision pops, like it, it does pop. He's not Courtney Lee. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. just, it's not just a catch and shoot or a quiet and like being like a, Two dribble pull up, right? So that's that's like the it's... quiet force, Courtney Lee. To you, <laughs> um, no, I he's just there's something there. I think the mid range pull up game for him is it's within every like. There's no reason to not suspect he's capable of it. You know, like he can get to those spots. It's about his comfort level uh, pulling from them, and also just efficacy in doing so. He was good at it in Houston. Um, I think part of his appeal as a prospect to the Knicks was not just that he was a shooter, but he was a good pull-up shooter his final year at Houston. Um, obviously, the shooting is translated. We don't know so much about the pull-up just because he doesn't really get those opportunities with the Knicks. Um, but, you know, I think my team has a strong defensive ethos, and uh, we value shooting over here. So Quentin Grimes fits in. Uh, this was my – this is both of our – we're both 11 players um, – 11 players picked deep now. So uh, we are getting into interesting territory here. Uh, I need, look, I, I love Victor Wamanyama. You know, he's he's my guy. We're building through him. He's the number one pick. He is the future of the franchise. But I need some insurance. You know, I'm not sure he's going to be ready to start at the five immediately. I don't know if he can play all his minutes at the five. Um, but there is a five in last year's rookie class that I do think can do it. And I will be taking Walker Kessler here. Um, I think that was not the name I was expecting to hear. I know you were thinking I was going to say Mark Williams, who I was tempted to pick. I I thought you were going to say Duran, but no, actually I think there's Kessler was better. I don't know. Yeah. No, Duran has the, 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 you know, all this, Offensive ball handling, whatever shit, and elite athlete, blah blah blah. And on defense, there's the, like I think defensive potential is there. Hundred percent. I think all the the side is that like everyone was like we could have had Duran. It's like, bro, compare his defense to compare his defense to Jericho Sims. Forget the two bigs who played. Like he, the Knicks would have been really fucking bad if they didn't pay. And like, yeah, let's be real. If you were telling us to draft Duran, you wanted to get rid of Mitch, or you wanted to say it's not worth paying him fifty million dollars here. So yeah. that trade-off, um, but yeah, I, I think Walker Kessler, as much as I think he's a little overhyped as like the central piece of that Utah Donovan Mitchell deal, like he's a good player. Like, yeah, he's a really good player. He's a fucking phenomenal rebounder. He is an already highly impactful defensive force. Um, I think 
he can play if Wemby's shooting translates. He can play next to Wemby. We've seen him play next to Markinen. Obviously, they were really, really effective together. And I like the fact that this is a guy that has already proven he can start in the NBA. You know, he started 40 games last year. He obviously was not the perfect player, but he was really, really good. I mean, in 23 minutes per game last year, he averaged nine points, eight and a half rebounds, 2.3 blocks. Um, he knows exactly what he is. You know, he's not taking a bunch of perimeter jumpers and all this type of stuff. You would like to see the free throw shooting be a little bit better. Only shot 51 and a half from the line. I'm okay with big guys that don't shoot well from the free throw line as long as they're giving me other things. And Walker Kessler is, and I think I have enough good free throw shooting on my roster to get away with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Walker Kessler here. And I got to say, like, he was a guy that I was not particularly high on coming in. And the way he played last year was, I mean, he was just really, really impressive. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm happy with this pick. Um, I do think there's a world where both Jalen Duren and Mark Williams end up being better than him. But I really feel like with centers, unless unless I feel comfortable about what you can do as like an actual offensive hub, you know, just give me the guy that's really, really good on defense and really, really good on the glass and knows his role and can set monster screens and that's about it. Like I'm fine with those I'm limitations. Still screens, you were talking about Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Mitch did not qualify for this exercise either. But yeah, uh, you know, I I don't think Walker Kessler has some tremendous upside, but I think what he is right now, that's a guy that's going to be a solid starting center for a very, very, very 15, long time. Yeah. Barring injuries, fifteen years, probably. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, and a very impactful center. Uh, yep. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and. Um, I, I'm not a Jalen Duran hater. Um, I would probably have taken him over Kessler, um, but I, I definitely get um, – I, I don't think that's bad logic at all. Um, for my 24th pick, I'm between three players. There is the guy with the highest ceiling. This is a guy whose jump shot is still – was a question coming out of college. And I'm just going to go with it, um, even though I have a lot of guards in the silk. Um, I wanted this guy in the Knicks really bad. Um, he's a freak athlete and shot 34% from three as a 20-year-old. Um, Ivy? Yeah. More Jaden Ivy. So, like, on it, like I, he's a guy who kind of fell under the radar. I think his defense is much worse than I anticipated it to be. But, um, but I mean, it's the bet. It's... The bet is athleticism, shooting ability, and solid field. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Um, I probably have a little bit of a logjam now with him, Maxi, Lamelo, and Tyrese Halliburton, and Ant, and Jalen Green. <laughs> um, and I probably don't have enough wings, but I think part of it is that wings don't mature as fast. Uh, I, you know, I could draft Amen's brother. I could draft Jed Howard. Um, but what I'm going to do is. I'm going to have to, again, this is like the third or fourth pick in a row where I've like looked at Alper and Shangun and said, nope, sorry. Um, but I'm going to go with a pretty safe bet uh, in Corey Kispert. Um, oh, wow. Just a really good shooter. Um, I can bet on that. Uh, I think he's underrated as a defender. That team has been a shit show for a while. Um, but um, maybe I'm over, like, this is a guy putting up 12 points a game on 40-plus. You know he's going to do that from for his career. It's what he did in college. Not just uh, not just a catch-and-shoot guy. He can pull up. 
Uh, he can run off screens. He can attack, close out. Um, and pretty underrated, or I, I would not pretty underrated, but like a good defender for that profile of player. Uh, I'm going to go with Corey Kispert. Nice. Um, I had Kispert. I actually didn't even rank him, to be honest. But I'm going to add. Yeah, I, I, I just, I honestly kind of just like glossed over him. I actually really like Kispert. I think he's a really solid player. Um, and I thought the signs, he had signs last year of like, it's not. Do I? I don't think he's going to be some like dynamic off the bounce guy or something. I think he'd be like like the Hawks Bogdanovich though. I think he can reach that level. I, I think he can really like attack the rim off of closeouts and yeah i think he's a lot more athletic than people think not in terms of maybe his vertical pop but he's pretty fast like he's he's not a slow just say it Schwinn. he's athletic for a white guy yeah i know <laughs> um but he's he's he moves fast like he's not just standing around out there i think he's um i think he's a competitive defender not a great one or anything but he's a competitive defender um you know i, I thought he played well against the knicks honestly every time we played them and so, like, maybe that's yeah, maybe part of my yeah, pick, which is the yeah, thing that totally could be. But like, I, I don't know. That kind of matters. I feel like um, I like him a lot. Like, I, I didn't, he has a skill that you know is there, right? Like, you know, he can shoot. That matters. Like, it matters that you already know this thing, and you're not projecting, and you're not hoping, and you're, it's it's there. Um, but uh, I'm gonna have to take a little bit of a projection jump here. But I, I'm. I liked crapping on this guy his rookie season just because it was fun to do. Um, but I did like him a lot coming into the draft. I did like what I saw from him in summer league this year. And I do like how competitive he is and the energy he plays with. And that is uh, Jabari Smith. Um, <laughs> you only crapped on him because of Omar, probably. Probably. Uh, but like, I, I really like Jabari Smith. I think that what he showed in summer league, like, look, summer league is whatever. I try not to take too much from it, but like, he did exactly what you want to see your second year guy do, right? He went to summer league, totally crapped on the competition, just like Keegan did. And um, again, just like you know, we talked about with Jalen Green, I think there's a decent chance here that this is a guy who looks a lot better just because they are, will be a professional program next year, and they're not going to be a joke, and they're not just going to be you know fucking having KPJ run seven thousand pick and rolls again, pretending it's a reasonable option. So um, I like. I just think the guy is a high, he was a high pedigree prospect for a reason. I wish that he would finish a little bit better around the rim. That does concern me. Um, obviously, he didn't even shoot the ball that well last year either. But like we talked about many times on this, um, you kind of have to look over that a little bit with these younger dudes. He was a strong rebounder this past season. Uh, you know, twenty point three defensive rebound percentage. The passing in general, you wish it was a little bit better. Um, but I still believe in this guy. I think he's got a pretty bright future and I expect to see better from him moving forward. Um, and then with my second pick here, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of ways I could go. I could, you know, maybe take an upside play. I could go with the shooting guy again. Um, so I'm going to take a bet, uh, here. I'm going to go with a guy that, you know, do I feel great about his ability? I don't know. And I'm especially worried about the actual, um, the health, quite frankly. But if he hits, he is an elite shooter. No questions asked. Uh, I'm taking 
AJ Griffin um, from the Hawks. Going to roll the dice here on him. I think now I feel better about my wing spot. And um, yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say about that. I know he's knee concerns and all that stuff is is very valid. There's a reason he dropped in the draft, but I'm comfortable taking a, a risk here. Yeah, I mean, I good for us. I think the combination of youth and shooting, it seems like both of us have been prioritizing it. And it's because, like, yeah, like I, I, can't, I don't think I can harp on this enough. Like, the more you think about it, it's like, that is, how many prospects do you read? It's like, if the shot comes around, it could really be something, right? <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, like, AJ Griffin has wing size. He locked up RJ Barrett one game. Um, so there's clearly defensive potential there for what it matters. And, um, you know, um, you know, I, I think that um, he has, um, yeah, I mean, when you have shooting, that, that helps. I'm going to go into another direction with a guy who the shooting has less, has not been as much of a sure thing. Oh, man. Uh, um, can you guess the pick? Do I hate him? I don't think you do. Um, okay. Is he on Oklahoma City? Yes, he is. Is it Josh Giddy? <laughs> you hate him? I didn't know that. No, I don't I don't hate I don't hate Josh Giddy, but because you said I didn't hate him, I have these two guys. I have two guys. I have Giddy ranked above another guy who I do hate. Um, but they're ranked <laughs> low for a reason. Yes. Um yeah, I mean Giddy is really advanced as a playmaker. For all the the talk about his shooting, he's seventy three percent free throw shooter and a thirty three percent three point shooter. I don't think we're talking about you know, mid-career Rajan Rondo year, I think he should be reasonably effective on catch-and-shoots. I love his situation playing next to Shea. I think they're really going to be good together. Um, you know, and um, and just a really advanced... Same thing with the defense. The defense isn't where it needs to be, but a lot of that, I think, is more physical concerns. I think he's a pretty smart player. Uh, you know, can get into passing lanes, can create events. Um, like, generally, I feel like he's been in the right spot when I've watched them. It's just you know, the defensive shortcomings are more um, from, you know, physical tools. So Josh Giddy's my uh, my penultimate pick. Penultimate pick, wow. Penultimate, yeah. And studying for the SAT there? Not to, be, not to be confused with the Frisbee team out of West Philadelphia. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I think Giddy is really, really talented. He's really, really skilled as a passer, playmaker, ball handler. I kind of, I like the moxie he plays with. I like that he's, he seems a little bit arrogant. Like, I kind of like that about him. And it's, it's he's not, an Aussie, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not in like a, it's in a, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's not in a, um, I'm better than like, I'm, I'm better than you type of thing. It's, it's just like a very competitive type of arrogance he has. Um, and I, I don't know. I just kind of like everything about him aside from the shooting, but the shooting is really worrying. And even his finishing has not been particularly good, right? If I, uh, that's probably that to me is the bigger worry. Yeah. Um, do you think that's like a feel? Does he think that's like a touch thing or do you think it's a decision making thing? It's a strength thing more than anything else. Um, I actually like his touch. Um, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, um, I think it's like I, I buy the touch, I buy the floater, I buy the creativity. He's just he's not very strong for his size. He's also not very athletic. Um but I don't I mean like I think he's more like the guys in that mold, a guy that for example that reminds me of a little bit is Rubio. Rubio is more agile. But I think Giddy's got 
more potential as a shooter than Rubio. And, and he's bigger, bigger too. He's bigger, yeah. So um, I think he's like a great connecting piece. I think it's the perfect situation next to a ball dominant guy like Shea. So um, yeah, so yeah, that he is my penultimate pick, and then my ultimate pick is Trevor Keels. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but don't <laughs> remove that from the record. Um, I should take a defender here. Um, but fuck it. I'm going to say no. I'm going to take Alper and Shingun, um, who I've been talking about oh, for a wow. while. Uh, I really love the dude's game. This might be a bias just from the aesthetics of it. We haven't seen, we don't see too many players like him besides He's a guy like on, him. Only good center from Turkey, I can remember. Yeah, the only one who's not a right wing nut job. Um, so <laughs> yeah, the um, the you know, but I think there's a lot to like here. I am down on the defense. I can't lie. That's why I kept pushing back. If I really wanted to pick for defense, I would have gone with a guy like Mark Williams or Jalen Duran. And the reality is that's probably a weak point of my team. Besides Mobley, I don't really have an interior presence in, on defense and. As you saw in the playoffs, Mobley has his flaws and interior presence. But I am betting on he's going to get bigger. Uh, and I'm betting on, on a guy like Shingun getting bigger and, and be able to cause a mismatch on the other end. You look at his numbers, you know, 15 points a game, nine rebounds, four assists, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. You know, one and a half to one turnover ratio, assist turnover ratio for a big is pretty good. Um, you know, has shown that he can occasionally step out and hit the three. You know, how much can he get that to volume? I don't know. But he has a little bit of range. If anything, he's certainly not paint bound. Um, the free throw shooting isn't bad, so that lends a little bit of credence there. And just the footwork and just how you can do so many creative things with him, you know, in terms of dribble handoffs, in terms of <coughs> screening, in terms of posting him up. Um, he's a really fun bench player and, and, a, and a guy that I think that. I think I have a lot of guys on my team who are really good players and you'd like them to have the ball in their hands, but you also like them to get the ball going downhill. Jaden Ivey, Tyrese Maxey, right? And when they can get the ball with a little bit of a head start and get a full head of steam and they don't have to make decisions and that part of the play can be taken care of by someone else. It's not to say that they're not capable of those things, but that can unlock them to an even higher level. I'm going to Albert Shango. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this before. I, Shangun for me is just like a no draft, no acquire, no trade for, no sign guy. Just because, like, I think the defense is so fucking, it's so bad. Like, it's you know, so. But bad. how much you do you think Houston? Nah, he's the he's, sh- the he's the he's the one guy like on that deal. I'm just like, <laughs> sorry, buddy, you don't you don't get you don't get to use the. Card. You could be on Boston and it would still be awful. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's brutal, man. Like that game at the Garden when quickly dropped forty on them. Watching some of his defensive possessions is just like. But Quickly's you... an amazing player. No, he is, but that was like it wasn't just the, that Quickly was torching him. It was just like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like, what the hell are you even doing out there on defense half the time? And he's a center. Like, you should have some understanding that of is, like that is something I always harp on. By yeah, the way, right? so, like, like it's... it's a little bit ironic, but like I kept seeing him, and he's like, this guy's so no, good like, offensively. I have to take him. But yeah, there is. I mean, the offensive stuff with him. Like, he has games where you're like, is this guy like? an all-star offensive player like is that what he is and he might be he might be like that good on offense the defense is just so bad and then like yeah i just i just feel like the threshold for how valuable centers are that you have to dedicate a shit ton of offensive usage to is like 
it's fine, but if the defense, but you have to beat Jokic, right? For yeah, to be worth it. right, and it's just, but it's like, how do you beat Jokic, right? Is it going to be like with a center that makes him work but can't defend? Like, I don't know. It's I'm not saying like, and it, it maybe it's probably wrong to look like how do we beat Jokic, right? It's like how do you beat the Nuggets? That's the that's the thing. Not how do you beat Jokic? Jokic obviously is a huge piece of that. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I I totally get it. I had him ranked. He was I did rank him, so he didn't even get the Kispert treatment, but I did rank him. He was at 35 on my initial board. But once you brought up Kispert, I put Kispert over him. Um, so Shangun is now 36th out of the 37 players I eventually ranked. Um, so shout out to him for not being dead last. Um, God, I hate this. I'm going to hate pick this guy just because it feels like this is probably a good place to do it. Uh, God, I hate him. Do I have to pick him? I don't know. I mean, let me see. Hold on. I got to do a little. Let me do a little basketball. You got to tell us who it is afterwards. I I will. I mean, I'm either going to pick him or I'm going to pick somebody who I hate a little bit less. Or not actually somebody I don't hate at all. But um, hold on. Let's see. Do a little little basketball reference comp here. See if I have any justification for this. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> No, I can't. Oh, oh is it Io Desunmu? <laughs> no, it's not Io Desunmu. All right, uh, this sucks. I'm I'm gonna take Scotty Barnes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I Scotty Barnes. I needed wing defense. I, I, I hate non shooters. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't like him at all. But the other guy I was like tempted to take is Sohan, and Sohan makes him look like fucking Ray Allen. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Scotty Barnes here. I had him. 25th. I gotta be clear, though, like, a lot of the stuff with hating on Scotty, I mean, he might even be, he probably is underranked by us, undervalued by us when we're doing this exercise just because, like, he got, he, I mean, the way they were talking about him right after his rookie year was so ridiculous. Then he had the he, whole thing. He won rookie of the year, right? Yeah, he won rookie of the year, which was even more ridiculous. Um, and, and then he obviously had the thing at the Garden last year. He's, like, talking shit to Grimes, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Shut up, man. Um, but he is like he he does have talent. Like he is like a do everything wing. He's just not a primary guy. And um, the shooting obviously is a concern. But he's still just twenty years old. Just finished a second year in the league. I think I think you take the shot. Sorry, he's twenty one years old. Um, but I think I think I have to like you know like he put up fifteen seven and four on fifty four true shooting in the second year in the league. Like I'm not saying that's amazing. But that isn't nothing, and um, like he's been an impact player on the floor. Like his team, the, the Raptors have been better with him on the floor, I believe. So, you know, I will just go with him here. But like, it does give me some joy to have taken Franz second and taken um, Scotty Barnes as my fifteenth and final pick of the draft. Not as so, much joy as it gave me to watch Franz just fucking shit on him. Yeah, uh, I'll just name the guys that I had left. So, of the thirty-seven players I ranked, we took uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I must be missing somebody. Somebody is missing. I don't know. This doesn't really make sense. Uh, but these are the guys I had left. I had Sohan at twenty-eight. I had Tari at twenty-nine. I had Dern at thirty. I had Mark Williams at thirty-one. I had Herb Jones at thirty-four, and then I had. Andrew Nemhard at 37. So, yeah. Um, Nemhard, I do like a lot. 
guy can really shoot. Yeah, I like Nemhard a lot. I just like I'll put it this way: I like quickly a shit ton, right? And I like I like clowning Tyrese Halliburton, but at the end of the day, yeah, I can sit here and talk to you about like the two way stuff and whatever. But like, we haven't seen Quick hasn't had to be the guy for a full season. He's never had to just be the offensive creator of a team for a full season. And like, while I believe that he could do it, he hasn't done it. And so like, I have to weigh, I, I at least like it's subjective, but like in some instances you have to, you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the person who has done it, you know? And like, again, we, we like shitting on Tyrese Halliburton, but like, let's be real. Like, it's not like Halliburton was just out there like, Oh, he put up like fourteen and six. What a solid season! Like, no, the guy like what do we use like twenty one and ten or something, right? So he's been a highly effective player. Like you mentioned, the pull up shooting has been ridiculous with him. Um, so like we, Andrew Nemhard, I think he actually could be like if you put a gun to my head and you're like him or Cole Anthony, I'd be like Nemhard. You know, like yeah, I'd I'd pick him over a lot of guys that I think people would pick over him just on name value. But from what I've seen of Nemhard. I think he's a real player, man, and I, it would not surprise me if he like gets a shot somewhere. Maybe a team gets injured and they have to make a pickup or something. I'd like to see him get a shot. I think he's worth it. Like him and Payton Pritchard are two guys that I like. Pritchard didn't even rank in this, and I actually like Pritchard a lot too. But like, it's hard to rank those guys when even their teams kind of they seem like very much capped with like no potential to get a larger role with the teams they're on, you know? Um, and I just think it's like, it's really hard to rank because of that. So that's why I had Nemhard last, even though I really like him. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's interesting you didn't have Cole at all, right? No, I didn't. I like Cole, though. I think he's a fun player. Yeah, uh, solid player for sure. So if we were to compare our start, let's do this maybe. Oh, yeah, I can I can name the rosters here for you if you want. Yeah, go for it. All right, so Stacy. Had Anthony Edwards, Paolo Banquero, Lamelo Ball, Evan Mobley, Jaden McDaniels, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, the Tyreses. Uh, he had Jalen Green, Devin Vassell, Chet Holmgren, Amen Thompson, Ivy, Jaden Ivy, that is, Corey Kispert, Josh Giddy, Alperin Shangun. My team is Victor Wambinyama, Franz Wagner, Cade Cunningham, Desmond Bain, Scoot Henderson, Jalen Williams, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, Emmanuel Quickly, Trey Murphy. Quentin Grimes, Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith Jr., AJ Griffin, and Scotty Barnes. So never get it twisted. I am a bigger Knicks fan than Stacy, which this exercise cruelly proves. Um, yeah, I guess I like my start. I, I was about to pick Trevor Kills, man. <laughs> That's true. I think so. I, I'm like doing this. I think my starting five would be Cade, Bane, Franz. I think I'm going to start Wemby at the four right now and then put Kessler at the five. I don't really know. Like, I need to, like, see how Wemby looks. But doesn't he, isn't he saying he wants to play the four right now? Yeah. Isn't that, like, what they're listing him as? So I guess I'll honor his uh, his desire for now. That would be my starting lineup. So Franz, Wemby, Cade, Bain, and... Kessler. Oh, you didn't take a big till late, I guess. Yeah. Um, Bigs, you always get value late, right? So... And you have a big, I yeah. Mean, your shortest player right now is what, Kate? I think my shortest player is oh, Bane, Bane, Bane. But he's like six yeah. five. So. Well, it's like my three, my three shortest players are Scoot, Bane, and Quickly, and I don't think those guys are. Yeah, actually, I'm talking about your starting yeah. lineup. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. Like your starting lineup is all six five, six six and above. Um, 
Yeah, so mine would be Ant, um, Paolo, Lamelo, Mobley, and McDaniels. Um, I would normally be worried about the rebounding that lineup, and I do think Kessler poses some problems for a guy like Mobley. Um, but I'm still pretty comfortable in the matchup for me. I feel like I have a little more shot creation right now, but I do think Cade has a lot of potential. Um, and, um, yeah, and I do wonder, you know, how do you, you know, how do you dis, um, distribute touches between Paolo and Ant, right? Who are both creators. Yeah. Um, whereas I think and, like, and Lamelo is a yeah. bit better yeah. between, you know, your guys. Yeah, and I think Lamelo is obviously a very good passer creator, but he's another guy like he's going to take a lot of shots, right? Which is fine. Like he, I, I think you want him to explore those things. Um, but like this is my concern that I've always had with Lamelo. Um, I mean, I, I ranked him just to be clear. I had him fifth on my That's board. That's right. Of this I exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think there's the upside with him is crazy because the ball handling and vision is ridiculous. But like his feel his like when just his pure passing feel is tremendous and obviously in transition he's something spectacular but when i talk about feel i'm talking about like understanding oh this guy needs a touch here how do i feed this guy the ball in a, in a spot that he wants to go to work i think those are the things that he's lacking right now and i, I it sucks that he got hurt because i think clifford can could really help him with that um and i think he would have helped him a lot last year i still think obviously clifford is still being there so that's a good thing for him and I'm actually pretty excited to see how he does this year because I think people are sleeping on him a lot now um, because of the season that – it was kind of a lost season for him, right? It sucked. And Would you take him over Halliburton? Yeah, I had him ranked over Halliburton. I've talked about this to Prez a lot. Like I, I had – so I had uh, I, I had LaMelo fifth. I had Halliburton sixth. My top six was Edwards, Wemby, Cade, Franz, LaMelo, Halliburton. And admittedly with Cade, like it's a lot of projection. It's like, it is a lot. I just am betting on the talent and what I feel like the, the high, the high, the, the ceiling flashes with him are really, really tantalizing. And I'm just like going to roll with that, roll with that, roll with the pedigree he had coming in as a prospect, the size and ball handling combination. Like, I think he's worth taking the, the, the roll of the dice on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought this exercise was actually really fun. Uh, I guess, like, my bench, like, the guys that would actually play, I have to play Scoot because, like, you have to play Scoot. So probably Scoot, Jalen Williams, quickly, Keegan, and Matherin and Murphy can fight for the last spot. Yeah, and I would probably give the edge to... It's crazy to think... I mean, I think Matherin might have a better chance of... I, I think... Well, personally, I think Trey Murphy you want in there somehow, right? I think if there's a six nine guy with his range, you find ways to make that work. So I think Mathern would probably be betting fighting with quickly, right? Or you know, or, or even Scoot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard actually because like we picked a team, but managing this much talent would be so hard. <laughs> um, I don't even know how you keep guys. Well, happy. I think I think there's a few takeaways from this. Is one. Like, shooting is the easiest thing for the best thing, I think, to bet on, or at least we feel that way. But I also think it shows how, like, there aren't just, like, I don't think either of us, like, Walker Kessler is probably the most, or Walker Kessler and Mobley are the only two really developed big, right? The guys we left, like, Shingun, to your point, is is not a good defender. Um, 
you know, um, some of the other bigs that we looked at, Duran, not a good defender at all. Uh, you know, Mark Williams, still a low-minute player. It, big development takes a lot of time. And for that matter, like, as a Knicks fan and someone who has been touting this horn for a while, I don't think that's a phrase, tooting this horn for a while, um, yeah, like, it speaks to the fact that Mitchell Robinson being a, a an impact player from day one at 19 was pretty impressive. But And that's another takeaway for me is, like, I don't think either of us really liked a lot of the bigs that were available. Uh, that's to say, this is not a centers don't matter thing. It's more of a thing where, like, you know, it takes time. Yeah, um, I think with with all this stuff too, it's like again, like I, I thought the hardest part in this was balancing like upside and established production, and you know, our guy like is a guy like quickly, for example, who has produced. Does he have a lot more upside or? Compared Not to like so Jalen Green, right? Like, right. I think that's an interesting debate. So. Yeah, like yeah, Jalen Green, like I think quickly is way better than Jalen Green today. Like not even close. But you're not just building this team for today. And you can't just rank these guys this young purely based on what they are today, right? You have to bake in projection. And like like I think there's no question to me that quickly is better than Jalen Green now. But to this point, like I had Jalen Green ranked nine, I had quickly ranked sixteen. Um so like it's it's not easy. Um, it's pretty variable. And I think this exercise really gets through it. And again, like even like a guy like Reeves who doesn't technically count, right? Like he would have definitely gotten picked in this. Um, if he had, you know, if his rookie, if he had been drafted. You took Grimes. Yeah. I would have taken Reeves over Grimes. Um, the fact that he's like, I mean, what he showed in the playoffs is fucking real. And he's a really good ball handler at his size. And he's not like, he's, Clearly he's shown, shooter, yeah. yeah, he's and he's shown the like he's shown his willingness and kind of comfort in stepping up in big moments, uh, critical moments. He was a really clutch shooter for the Lakers throughout the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I definitely would have taken him over Grimes, and I love Grimes, but like, yeah, he's a way better defender than Reeves is. But Reeves isn't actually a bad defender, and you know the fact that he can create at his size just is really really impactful. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, I think that's a good place to end it, uh, Stacy. Unless you had anything else that you wanted to mention before we get out of here. Um, yeah, I did have a quick question. Super important. Um, I think Mark Zuckerberg opened at minus three hundred over Elon Musk. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts on that matchup? Uh, I hope that. Uh, I don't know if I can say what I what I hope for that for. for <laughs> For that matchup, for what, what results I hope for. I just hope that um, nobody wins, but everybody wins, uh, to catch my drift. So, Who's, but who, so you hope nobody, but who, if you were, oh. if you were betting, if, if, quote unquote, you were a betting man. Oh, yeah, and no, I'm taking, I'm taking, fuck it, uh, Facebook boy. Really? 100%. But Musk is, like, way bigger. Yeah, but Musk looks like he's probably, you know, I mean, God knows how much fucking blow that guy does every day, every day of his life. He's on way too many drugs. Uh, Zuckerberg is probably on, like, drugs, but he seems like he's on a better cocktail than than Musk. Musk's, Musk is... He's, he's really, heading towards Leo at the end of Wolf of Wall Street territory. Yeah, he's he's heading towards, like, fucking uh, what is it? Marlon Wayne's in uh, Requiem for a Dream territory. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah. That's look. There's no winners in that fight. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, 
All right, Stacy, let the people know where they can find you and uh, plug anything you'd like to plug. Uh, you can find me at StacyPatton89. Um, yeah, nothing to plug right now. Oh, the Liberty kicked the shit out of the Aces yesterday. That was pretty fun, so I'll plug that and all of the WNBA coverage. Um, yeah, yeah, I um, I would echo those sentiments. Check out all the uh, WNBA coverage that we have going on. Uh, Matt, obviously, been writing all that stuff, too, and uh, so has Gigi, uh, who's been doing a good job for us as well. So um, kudos to both of them, and, um, you know, hopefully everybody's enjoying that content. I'm going to plug personally, so uh, maybe just check out check out the work at the Strickland. Check out the Instagram. Give us a follow on there. Give us a follow on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Um, and aside from that, I have nothing to plug other than Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your betting needs. Once again, that is our show for today. I hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you on Friday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.